Welcome to Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and her panel of guests bring you insightful conversations to awaken consciousness for soul growth. Come journey with us through astrology's energetic cycles and get ready to understand your path in the cosmic roots of the stars. Hello, I'm Sue Rose Minahan, and this is Talk Cosmos Insightful Conversations. And today is November 19th, just heading into the United States Thanksgiving. And there's a lot to be thankful for. This winter season, the stars, when they are crisp and clear, are so beautiful. Venus is in the morning. She's just amazing. And it's kind of difficult to see the rest unless you can just catch Jupiter before she crosses into the east uh, western sky horizon. Today we're talking about the sacred hoop. This is a set of stars, an asterism, asterism. That's like a collection, a pattern of stars that isn't actually a constellation because the stars go between quite a few constellations. And I have today a wonderful guest who was with us for a long time, Shannon Hayes. She was on Cosmic Collaboration, for those of you that remember us in our pure podcast days before we became morphing into the YouTube terrain, which is very exciting. gives us all these great graphics. So with that, I think if I can have the slides. Wonderful. Yeah. Hi, Shannon. And Nate, if I can have the slides up. Oh, goody. Okay. So just to explain a little bit about Shannon, what she's doing these days, astrology consultant and a photographer and stargazer. Shannon's certified evolutionary astrologer with Maurice Fernandez complete course. And that's a pretty complete course. I've taken it too without being certified initially. And Shannon's also studying Mayan astrology, and they coordinate really well with her consultations with evolutionary. And taking classes with Kaylin Castell for the stars and shamanic teachings that she has. She's an entrepreneur, loves animals, nature lover. She does tarot astrology posts on Instagram. Follow her on Instagram and Facebook. She's working her website. So that's in the makings. And hello. Oh, and if you want to get in touch with her, I have her email here. Sheena. Anyway, you can see it there. And myself, you can always check my credentials out, however it is. Hi, Shannon. Hey, Sue. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing great. I'm ready to explore this area, the heavens. Oh, boy. Not oh, everybody boy. talks about it. Right. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, especially this time of year when everything's rising. And by January, you'll actually get to see the whole hoop in the sky, which is really nice. So, um, yeah, in lots fact, to see. I think inspired by you, I woke up one morning early, like it was dark here in Hawaii. And I thought, oh, I think I'll go see the star because immediately I can see Venus. So it's like, who else can I see? Can I see Jupiter? Because Jupiter is right on the horizon. But maybe because the ocean curves, I can't ever see by the time I get there. It, it 
on the, it should be there, but I can't see it. But I saw the hoop. I thought, oh boy, thank you, hoop. And it was spectacular. So these right. fixed stars, humanity's used them forever for navigation. Yes. Right. Yeah. Forever. Yeah. I mean, it's like the stars have been beckoning humans since the dawn of time, right? It's like they all want to be seen. They want to be communicated with. And the stars have a lot to tell. You know, the fixed stars, if you're looking in ancient astrology, the fixed stars in the circle where there's fixed stars and then there are the wandering planets, right? Yes. Right? On the ladder to the heavens, right? So the fixed stars are right at the top there, you know, and they constantly are being overlooked a lot in modern astrology. And recently with the resurgence of, um, especially a lot of younger people getting more and more into the ancient astrology, there's a resurgence in the interest of fixed stars. And okay. like you were saying, all of those stars have their stories. And a lot of the stars started out as um, navigational tools back yes. in the you know in the day right because we didn't have light pollution and all this stuff and everybody looked up and yes. then right light pollution everybody's looking down they're looking at their phones and you know, they look on the street nobody looks up and it's technology instead right? of the sky being our entire existence night and day as the, as we have this primary uh, spin of earth we have paper and tools and we start to calculate calendars and whatnot. But the stars give us our four directions, the north, south, east, west, and, and whether we're on land or sea, like Spike has been great for the ocean. But they're fixed because, as you said, planet means wandering star. Right. So that's what the planet is. But they move very slowly. And Yep. over a lifetime like 72 years it's one degree right and that's it well and that's also why i mean you know from probably late october early november if you're watching like watching certain constellations rise right like you see all the constellations that are in that hoop rising come November, right? And by January, that area of the sky is right over our head. This is exciting. Should we talk a little bit about just, this is astronomy, but just give right? a little indication. Yeah. We won't get too much into it. But no, but it's interesting. Helps. Yeah. Yeah. I know we've studied with Brett and you've you know different people so the axis north south it tilts 23 degrees and 44 minutes but it's headed north but because it wobbles and if people go on their slides later afterwards this will actually gyrate but with this system it doesn't show that motion and it's a long cycle 26,000 years to be exact right. 25,920, but it's a precession cycle. That's what it refers to. And of course, we're pointing to Polaris, the North Star, but that changes. It was Thuban and it will be Thuban again. That's one of the stars in this big circle. Or Vega. 
Yeah, thank Actually, you. And that's heading towards Vega. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's right. We're moving away from, and we'll get involved mm -hmm. in that too. Yeah. Was there something more you wanted to say about that? I know I care. No, about. that's no, that's great. Okay. Yeah. No, but yeah, this uh, this picture of the uh, sacred hoop is actually a really good one because you can actually see it's not because of where things are in the sky. It's not an actual circle, you know. It it kind of it has its angles, so the stars are all like kind of going their own way around this particular point. That's and green, you have, green, right? Yeah, and then you have um, Orion. And the Pleiades in there also, <clears throat> so it's it's an actually, it's humongous by January. It's like like this is like the small shot of it, but I mean it's pretty huge in the sky. I right? saw it. It was huge, and it's being huge. because I'm southern latitude more right. in Hawaii, it was pretty much overhead. Right. And of course, I'm talking about four thirty in the morning, five o'clock. Right. Right. That may have been. But so moving for folks, these stars are right, uh, Rigel at the bottom there, you can see, and Sirius, which I know we'll talk about a lot, Procyon going up in the middle on the left. Then there's the twins, Pollux and Castor. And then over on the right-hand side, Capella. And here it doesn't show, it shows... Uh, Aldebaran, but we'll get into that. It's really the Pleiades for the sacred hoop, which has Alcyon. Right. So, and then, and if we can see Orion is a hunter and it has those, and that's on the interior side. You mm -hmm. can see the constellation there and right. Betelgeuse is part of it. But all of these factors will come up. Should I go to the next slide? Sure. Go to the next slide. Let's see what it is. Oh, well, oh, here I, I have it on the horoscope for those people that want to see is it close to my right today close to my natal planets or something of that sort and they move so slowly as they say every 72 yeah. years so approximately these are if you were born more than 70 about 72 years ago there'll be a degree earlier you can gauge that right yeah so i mean you have like you know from november to February, a really good view of it. I mean, that's the beauty of things moving so slow is that you have plenty of time. Mm. So, you know, I mean, not everybody gets really good weather in those months yeah. and on a really clear night because right now they're rising. So some of them are, they, you know, it's. I think we just lost Shannon. She'll come right back. I will say to folks that this particular chart, it, the stars are as, oh, hi, you came back, Shannon. Hi. I was oh, going to, yeah, oh, I was going to say, yeah, that I think it was, unless it was me, but you look frozen. You were, to, you were Oh, okay. We both. Well, that's what happens sometimes. Yeah. They're, but they're in Gemini and Cancer in those actual signs. And I will mention just not to, not to read this chart, no, but go we for it. notice that Alcyon is at zero degrees Gemini mm. and Saturn is at zero degrees Pisces, meaning those are mutable. So they're in this action square 
And Alcyon, not to elaborate much, but represents from what you were what we were talking about earlier, the moon and tranquility. Right. So thinking of that just generally without because there's always such huge dynamics with every star, but Saturn and Pisces is breaking down conditionings and traditions, right. we could say. So this is an opportune moment to enhance because Saturn's going to stay at zero degrees and come back there, has been and will continue to. So we're in this big process, we could say immediately, of trans of readjusting right. how we might see our conditioning about what makes us tranquil or why we're not tranquil or maybe seeing the big picture or the more unity involved with everything. Well, well, yeah, I mean, and look at like, you know, what's happening in Israel and they're trying to find a peaceful solution now. Oh, so that's interesting. Oh, like, that's yeah, cool. I just read that today. Oh, like, they're actually, oh. you know, yeah, because yeah. they can't, you know, I mean, you can't keep slaughtering people to try to find peace. You have to negotiate. What goes around you know? comes around. Yeah, it's a it's so complex there. It's well, so we'll put our blessings on it and thank right? you for introducing that idea. We can keep light. Everybody shine light on that. Okay. Right. So Thanks. here, Lakota sacred hoop of stars. And right. what is fascinating, which I I'm eager to hear more of your thought of your understanding is it mirrors it's this pilgrimage of spots that the lakota heritage takes on a journey of the stars in the dakotas and that the, the meeting place is bear mountain bear lodge which and also the idea of the silver gate which i think we'll mm -hmm. revisit as we go along but that's where there's two gates folks Souls entering near the Pleiades and then where they exit out the golden hoop, which is at the triangle, I think, in the summer solstice. But here we're talking about right. silver gate, heaven's gate. And it's a lot to do about the galactic center, and that's our galaxy that we'll talk about too. Do you have what do you want to say now about the Black Hills and the Dakotas and Sarah? So yeah, so I mean it's it's pretty fascinating because this hoop in the winter time lines up with um they call it Devil's Tower, but to the Native Americans it was Bear's Lodge and it was it's a very sacred area and it's um an area where some of their elders have passed on, their teaching elders and that's one of the reasons why. I mean, there are also stories around it too. But this mirror is not only the um, Black Hills, but specifically lines up with Bear's Lodge in the wintertime. And as it's lined up with Bear's Lodge, it also, it the Milky Way runs through it, right? So some of their stories that, you know, are about when they incarnate leaving the planet going going to their higher dimension they walk the pathway of the milky way to get to the other side 
So, I mean, there again, I mean, it's like a lot of these stars are still navigational in that sense, right? Because it's like yes. a picture of an area that is walked by the passing as they leave the earth plane. So I just thought that that, like, that was so fascinating, just the whole story around it and how it lines up. <clears throat> it and, is. Oh. Well, there was um, the, the Kiowa and Lakota in particular, right? They, um, they pray to that area. They had um, one of their teachers that was, well, especially the Cheyenne. The Cheyenne had, um, oh God, I can't remember his name. It's terrible. One of their cultural speakers that um, brought teaching <laughs> to them. He sun was a bear? great teacher. Hmm? Black Elk? Sun Bear? <laughs> no, not Sun Bear. He was older than that. It was... Um, yeah, okay. Oh, God. I can't think now. That's all right. My head like, blocked up with all this stuff. Um, anyway. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Anyway, it's, it's really important. It's an important part of them. It's sacred to them. They do a lot of ceremonies, even to this day. They have in the past. And they also are constantly trying to te to teach these ancient teachings to the younger. Yes, it's continuing. And right. one of the factors that, because I too have been fascinated, thinking right? of Sun Bear, way back in the 70s, I remember a flyer and I was so eager to go there and other things happened as in my late 20s and it didn't manifest. Right. But I... um. It's a it's a pilgrimage in a sense that is ongoing throughout the year. It's like really right. embracing life and nature into your soul. What with the heavens and, and this whole process, it's just really powerful. So the name, okay. So I mean, real quick, because I just got over my brain Good. part was their their um, elder teacher. His name was Sweet Medicine. Ooh. So it was sweet medicine. He passed away there. So a lot of them would go there to pay respects and hold ceremony. And um, actually the, how do you say, Baha'i religion? Oh, yes, Baha'i. Right. Recognizes the teachings of, yeah, sweet medicine. Mm. Interesting. Yeah, I just thought it was interesting. It is. The Baha'is are, it's like they have total unity between all to the yeah. fact that nobody votes, everybody votes for who they want to be right. the leader. And the, the person never asked, but if like, if there were five of us and one person got three votes, that person would be the leader. So right. There you go. Yeah. And you, you acknowledge that and you, you realize that you have the confidence of the people and you lead on, but no difference right. between men and women. It's just a fascinating, I knew a right. woman that was very uh, yeah. devout and built it up a lot. I mean, exactly. in her community. Right. So here we have some, Bear Mountain was also for the Lakotas called uh, uh, Matopaha, but it was also Bear Lodge or Bear Teepee, I believe right. you yep. were saying. And the Cheyenne, it's Noah Vase. Mm. And it's many Plains Indians. Right. Like ones you were mentioning were Lakota, Cheyenne, Crow, Apple. Uh, Arapaho, 
mm-hmm. Shoshani and Kiowa and others that I have in this wonderful book. It's the dance in the sky, Native American sky. I don't think you can see it. They oh, dance in the it. sky, Native American star myths, besides all the other star right. books. But they mention the Blackfoot, the Pawnee, Mandan, Assiniboine, right. Omaha, and Comanche. So here we have Orion, the hunter, inside the sacred hoop with mm-hmm. Sirius. Right. Yeah, we do. <clears throat> Interesting. Yeah, Sirius. Sirius, I know, has just been so important in the night sky for, I mean, millennia, right? I mean, there's so many stories around Sirius. You know, I mean, it could be Sirius who was leading the three wise men to the Christ, especially at that time. And since Sirius is the brightest star in the sky and is also the closest to us, Sirius is so easy to see at yes. night, right? When I looked up to see the stars, I, I, I allowed myself, what do I want to choose on? And I chose Sirius. And then when I looked at my phone app, I went, Sirius, of course, yes. And that's S-I-R-I-U-S, folks, for those that are listening. And it was called in the Pawnee, which is the Skidee, uh, part of the Pawnees in Nebraska, that they felt that the South Star ruled winter because a lot of these are legends and some people wrote them down and they're trying to piece them together. Right. And since we're not Native um, heritage, you know, we're trying our best too. But they, it's very well thought that Sirius is that, the white star. And it would make sense, so bright and in that location with the stories. Right, yeah. But and it's it the rules, dog star. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, and like you said, I mean, it rules winter. You know, it's also a New Year's star, right? <clears throat> it's a calendar star. Yes, right? for the Nile when right? it flooded. Yep. It, it began our calendars. In this book here, it brought up a fascinating correlation between Sirius, which is in the dog constellation, which is the Canis major Canis, yeah. Yeah. whereas Procyon is in the minor. 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 But in the nomadic days before settlers came with horses, they didn't have horses and used dogs to transport and as their helper. So right. it was the dog days. Right. Yeah. Yeah, dog days of summer too, right? Yes, and that's right. It's as you were bringing up, please, that all over the world, it's dogs are often brought up with Sirius. It's fascinating, right? No, it really is. So I guess we need to bring up this fact for myself. It was my education, and perhaps others too, that there is a difference between what's called the sacred hoop and the winter hexagon. They're totally identical. There's one vertex that's like adjoining the star point that's different. And that's the Pleiades, which has Alcyon as its head, main headquarters of zero degrees Gemini right now. It's the brightest in, in that constellation, yeah. Thank you, Shannon. And instead, the winter hexagon, as you will notice in some of those slides that I was able to find okay to present, with Aldebaran, which is one of the royal stars. It's the eye of the bull. But they're both in the Taurus constellation. And Aldebaran means the follower because 
seems to follow the Pleiades. So generally they're in teamwork, I'd say. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's really the only difference in why they use the Pleiades and not Aldebaran. I think it just has to do, and I don't know for sure, but just what I was reading, it has more to do with some of the stories around the yes. Pleiades, right? Because yes. they have stories about Bear's Lodge, that famous mountain, and um, the girls who were chased by a bear that were trying to get away from the bear, right? And they ran up to the top to get away from the bear and the bear was trying to climb the tower. And the reason they have the those long lines in Bear's lodges from the bear sliding down with his claws. Mm -hmm. And they, so they were praying to great spirit and great spirit took them and threw them in the sky. Yeah, kind of a cool story, right? I mean, and it's it, similar to so many other stories of the Pleiades, right? Pleiades are central to all of North America's, and this book actually yep. goes down below. Some call them seven sisters because there's right? seven it's a cluster. It's a cluster of stars, and some seven brothers. Right, so right. With that, but the stories go on and on, and so yes, the and it's a bright and also as we will continue with this, folks just to t talk to our audience directly the the sacred hoop involves also the medicine wheel and it's the unity and so i think having seven stars that represent sisters or brothers it shows that unity between people that connection with that that inherent connection between nature our world and each other you know of um, as an ideal as a focus right yeah. Well, I think we're just, we're a mite early, but not really. So folks, keep your flame burning, sunrise or sunset, if you're watching this later, because we're going to cut away. We have our candle lit, and we'll be right back with Shannon Hayes for Sacred Stars of the Fi Sacred Hoop of the Fixed Stars. And this is January 19th, so stay, stay tuned. We love you and we'll be back. Thanks. While we take a break from this week's edition of Talk Cosmos, let's take a look at this cycle's archetype. We are currently in the yin period of Scorpio, traditionally ruled by Mars, now ruled by Pluto. By departing a cycle based on comparison between extreme energies finding balance, Scorpio commits a relationship to exchange resources, experiencing power and powerlessness for the purpose of soul growth transformation. As a fixed water sign that is extreme, intense, and secretively deep, Scorpio's passionate nature questions the psychology and mystery concerning life and death. 
This is Martha Norwalk, every Sunday morning, beginning at 9 a.m., thanks in part to Natasha Venter at AngelicClarifications.com, we cover the world of animals. This week, it's an encore presentation. Join us to hear our last healing show with Dr. Nels and Linda Rasmussen. Together, they help listeners and their animal friends with emotional, behavioral, and physical issues, and you can get a surrogate healing just by listening and following along with Linda's directions. Martha Norwalk's Animal World, Sunday morning, 9 a.m. to noon, right here on Alternative Talk, a.m. 1150. Talk Cosmos brings insightful conversations to awaken consciousness for the soul growth with hour-long programs every Sunday at 1 p.m. Pacific on KKNW. Talk Cosmos weekly programs are also available to watch live on the Talk Cosmos YouTube channel and Facebook page. While you're there, make sure you click the like and subscribe buttons so you get the full Talk Cosmos experience. Or if you'd rather listen to the show archives with audio only, the entire podcast collection since 2018 is available on most podcast carriers. And to find out about upcoming programs, sign up for the newsletter at TalkCosmos.com. So grab your coffee, tea, or kombucha and enjoy the show. Conversation you won't find on the rest of the dial. Alternative Talk 1150. We're right back again, as I can see. And we have, if you are interested with Shannon Hayes, she does have her website although it's been in a long a process of updating but you can still email her and, and you can find that on top cosmos too top cosmos has all the guests and so anytime you want to find out and we have the links and lots more the galactic center presently at 27 degrees sagittarius that crossing point of the ecliptic our celestial equator and that's the sun's path with all the planets. And it intersects with the Milky Way and this cross. I love that picture. Do you have any? I'm eager to, I can go to the next slide or what would you like to? Um, why don't we go to the next slide? We'll see why we're talking about it. Right? Yeah, so like you were saying, the Milky Way right the, so the sacred hoop crosses over the milky way the milky way is their like path of the departed and the galactic center right is a also a crossing point for souls so um yeah so everything kind of there's an intersection there so they are all kind of connected right this is a wonderful um, yeah. slide that is okay to do if you give credit to the commons org and i have listed all of that it's the sun earth moon around the milky way and of course the milky way is that huge batch of it looks like a disc from our because we're on the side of it you know we're we're right. not on top of it we're along it and it's just this right. beautiful white path that they, which is where the souls would travel in right. their life to their to exiting, entering right. and exiting. Yep, exactly. Uh, and for those people that want to read, not to this is not about it, but it does tell a little bit about the the inclination, and that's a lot of it. It's not all straightened down, but because it's at angles, it can intersect. Right. 
So, and, and the fact that we spin our revolutions of our earth primary is counterclockwise, which is the, no, our, our primary is clockwise. That's right. right. And, and the, and the secondary going around the sun it, it, is counterclockwise. Counter right. A lot right. of astronomy is all fascinating and it I know. <laughs> clue in things. In right. fact, I'm doing chart um, construction with Laura Nalbandian. And that too oh, really so brings in the heavens on a very literal basis because it's latitudes and longitudes that, that are coming from the, and the sidereal, which is sidereal, a sidereal astrology is per the stars, the fixed stars, whereas tropical right. Is with the directions right well taught by gemini brett <laughs> right yeah exactly yeah it makes i mean it, it's huge like when you watch the night sky you see it right and you become you part of it because right? we're so insulated with our right? calendars mm -hmm. and our paper which is important tools but right to, to reach out and get that embraceive business and that must right? be one thing that i think saturn and pisces is helping us do to refocus and diagram what our framework is right well yeah and just to get out in night and watch the sky and watch it move and watch watch the milky way you know and it's like you know when there wasn't all that light pollution it was so much easier to learn that like they had such a deep connection with the sky right you know, not just the day sky, but especially the night sky. You know, a lot of Arizona traveled yeah. at night, you know, and a lot out of it protection too, right? I mean, you know, they because it was wilder times, there weren't quite so many laws and it was safer to travel at night. So, you know, I mean, it just kind of makes sense that they like had such a good understanding and use those stars in its directions too, right? of course. Yeah. Yes. And and the very fact of being nomadic, having to follow these right? herds or the the foods, it, it's deep in our souls. It's deep. It's yeah. really true. And yeah. here we have the Northern Cross, which uh, there's various terminologies. There's the sacred who, which is this large rising asterism that's especially going to be in January, February, and March. But the Northern Cross is like a marker of seasons because it remains the same, but it changes its direction depending on the seasons. So in winter, it, it's like the backbone, which is another slide right. standing straight up and down. Yeah, it's actually part of Cygnus, the swan constellation. Mm. Yeah. Yep, and there it is. That's a nice photo of it. You can see the cross, and then you also see the um, triangle. Yeah, this was from. <laughs> is that Earth, Earth and Sky? sky right? Yeah, yeah. EarthSky.org. Yeah, and they so this is the great a summer triangle, but yet yeah. it shows the northern, and that's different stars, folks. Vega that we're heading to, right. and interestingly, because from the south, Sirius, where we're moving from, and it's right tilt with axis. Right. Yep. Exactly. Did you have 
something else well, we no, that, well, well the other thing that like you just mentioned Sirius again I mean and Sirius has a lot to do with our past like you were saying right ancestors and where we come from you know Sirius has like such a deep connect connection with like human beings I think that's just what I feel like you know if you go out in the night sky and you actually tune mm -hmm. into Sirius for a while it's amazing like what you can learn this is really valuable it is with the connection our communication mm -hmm. and it is intuitive sensing and if we're leaving from an area we have history there there are right. ancestors there it makes you know and and as it is the Capricorn is in the southern hemisphere on the chart on the horoscope so therefore this winter solstice coming up is in the south right and Sirius is a southern star right and so it and you know in this it's like a direction you know that where we're leaving and so yes I love this reminder that to go with the the wisdoms of the heritages yes right yeah absolutely because if we are going with Alcyon, the the, the tranquility of, of and this square that we're doing with saturn i'm thinking which is very hands-on saturn we can see saturn's our timekeeper we relate a lot with saturn right that we're still trying to bridge this a new awareness a new experience of 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 our lineage with life and that embraces the past you know it's not just where we're headed it's like right. what are we going to take with us right well and it's like the story you know of the sisters that climbed <clears throat> bear's lodge and praying to great spirit right so they're praying to the god of the sky right basically the creator right to be great spirit yes right for help and you know they take them to the sky it's like you know really all we have to do is look up <laughs> speaking of that here's yeah. the winter triangle which yeah. is exactly what we were talking about it's yep. also called i know i don't know if it was just kaylin castell it calls it the southern stellar gateway ancestral right. origins gateway but those are great terms I'll give you yeah kaylin eric roth yeah yeah, they're great teachers, and I know yeah. you do ongoing classes. Here, I used, I put this, created this frame to yes, show that. that where the constellations are in reference to these triangle, which is pretty, a 60-degree unilateral triangle, as it is with Betelgeuse, which is at 29 degrees, Gemini at the top. And Sirius down there at the bottom in Canis Major, which is the big dog, and Procyon, which is in the little dog, Canis Minor. And Betelgeuse is right in the Orion. Is that in the hand that he's holding? Not the belt or the right. sword? I think that. Yeah, that, I think it's the I hand. It, yeah, I don't think it. No, Orion, I mean, Betelgeuse, no, it's not in the belt. It's oh, it's in the shoulder. It's in his shoulder. That's what I read. <laughs> Beetlejuice is in the shoulder of Orion because Orion is, is this huge figure, the hunter with the head and the arms and the belt, and the belt points towards 
the Norse. Yeah. Shall we go on or did you want to? Oh, here for those yeah, folks that yeah, want to know about sure, yeah. these three, because Sirius and Procyon are also in Be Beetlejuice is the only one that's not in the sacred hoop. So if people are interested right. here, you can see what today is Beetlejuice 29, Gemini, Sirius at 14. And Sirius is actually what the United States forefathers based their Independence Day on. You know, that was so much part of the whole heritage from Egypt, like you brought forward, you know, with the calendar and the and like Masons and right. Yeah. So here it is. Let's talk about the hoop. We'll finish here with the hoop and the medicine wheel. It's all combined. There is, I will mention introducing this. I was just reflecting in a story from the Dance in the Sky Native American Star Miss that there was one story of the creation with um, carrying the pipe, the, 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 the pipe. And as it turns out, where to have a safe home for the pipe where it would be revered and respected and they came up it was chosen an area but the snake was used agreed to be the hoop and it was a garter snake it was a water snake according to this it was the pawnee i believe that this particular story is from oh that's cool yeah and so that's just invited as a sacred wheel, which is also fascinating because right. the Aurora Borealis with the nodes, you know, of where we are past, which is the south node, and where we integrate the north node, you know, it, mm. the correlations go across the cultures. Right. Oh, absolutely. And the medicine wheel is so similar to the sacred hoop, right? I mean, yes, <clears throat> you know, I mean, the hoop is also directional. The medicine wheel is directional, right? <clears throat> These each represent a color, right? White, yellow, red, and black, right? And yep, and a direction. White is south. And I believe east, yellow is east. Boy, I hope I'm not wrong here. So in other words, red is north and black is west, I believe. So it goes south, north, east, and west. Yeah. And this is a symbol of National Indigenous Peoples Day, this particular photo with the four colors. That's and, very cool. Yeah, the hoop. There's so many stories about the hoop. And games, many games. There was a game where one tribe had a hoop and they'd follow it and they'd have two sticks because on the medicine wheel that was created, maybe people probably perhaps see the medicine wheels that the Lakotas <coughs> tribe is still sends out, you know, for, but there were marks 
and they were for the seasons. And so they'd take sticks and they'd throw them at the hoop and call out the spots. It, so it was like a an ability, a skill, and a connection, which probably had more meaning than that. Perhaps if you hit something and you didn't make it, maybe there was some meaningfulness to that. Mm-hmm. But it it shows this, according to what this one blog, nativehope.org, which is from an indigenous tribal group, probably there in the Lakotas, um, it says that the Sioux concept that everything in the universe is related and connected. It, growth and progression on the medicine wheel. Yep. As above, so below. Right? Yes. Hermes. <laughs> mm-hmm. <clears throat> Do you have stories that, about... It's very that, cool. ...that you would like to share on the uh, medicine wheel or maybe about series or the... Um, I'm going to end the slides here. I'm just going to show people real quick, and then Shannon and I will talk. So here you can go. Yeah. Yeah. Shannon. Hi. So right now we can look at the stars. This is the end of November. So really it's – and I know – thank you for joining us. I know you've got a seasonal cold that just happened to lodge into you. Take a break if you want. That's fine. Are there other books that people, there was a book that I know you referenced. Yeah. The Lakota Star Knowledge is a really great book about um, the sacred hoop and um, some of the stories about the hoop. I mean, there's so many stories about it. You could kind of go on and on and on. And Well, I love a good story. <laughs> some of the, yeah, I know. I wish that my throat was better. <clears throat> I could actually talk more about this, but it's like not really coming out very well today. Um, and I will yeah. say that the stop. Oh, I just. No, I was going to say they also call like the hoop the racetrack, right? Because you see that all the different, um, the all the different stories about the different constellations kind of following each other, right? Yes. And I love that reminds me that wonderful names, like for instance, the North star is the star that doesn't walk around or the pole star. I mean, it's so logical as far as like, this is what we're experiencing and we got to deal with it. You know, it's like, that's, it's not just a category that we, shelf somewhere it's something that exists that has a meaningfulness that roots it into the sky into right? our life on a yeah. daily basis exactly it's a, totally alive i mean all these stars are alive beings you know they're beings just as we are they have different different bodies and different energy but you know 
they're all alive yeah. and they want to be communicated with too. They want their stories to be told. You know, they don't want to be forgotten. So, I mean, that's why I think, I think the stars are so important, you know, and their stories. This is just one of my favorite stories about the, st about the stars, I guess, the sacred who. It needs to be because to have a practice that incorporates a ritual that involves so much attention and collaboration, because as you were saying, many tribes would convene to go to the Bear Lodge at that spot, besides traveling you know, over the terrain. It, it it involves it's a lot like the in Europe Europe right. they have the they're Stonehenge also which people right? convene at in order to celebrate solstices and for right. honoring and they go great distances. I mean hundreds right. of miles. Oh, yeah, then was laborious. Right? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a pilgrimage, you know. I mean there's a purpose to it. They're not just going there just to see it, They're, you know. Right. Right. Take a picture and come home. Right. There's uh, sand. Exactly. And, you know, the Zuni Indians of New Mexico called the Pleiades, Pleiades, the seven, you know, the star cluster, the seeds. Oh, nice. Because their shape and use in deciding when to plant. Because, again, as you said, they rise. So when you see right. these and notice, you begin to take a correlation. It's just like, um, you know, early in the morning, certain birds will begin to sing before the sun comes up. Right. And you realize, oh, the sun is happening. You know, there's these connections with nature that seem to walk with us. And I think with Saturn yeah. and Pisces, perhaps with that square, because it's always it takes time to begin to feel what is the meaningfulness of this, but to have Asalon, am I saying that right? I have Al trouble with Alcyon. Yeah, Alcyon. Yeah, it was the wild Alcyon. You know, to have that kind of subtle, overarching, long, stable connection. Because it is said that the outer planets, much less the outer stars, have this long, enduring focus that penetrates you know through all the changes it's like going back to go you know going back to go with a little bit different information so right. possibly we're incorporating our sake of tranquility to connect with what is important in the, the world like the ocean that's behind me in this picture you know our, right. our common heritage that if nothing else water connects it's all of us more than right than sunlight. Oh, we're all from the same. We're all from the same place, right? From the same creator. We're all one, basically. You know, like the medicine wheel talks about. You know. Yes. Yeah. The stars are hydrogen and helium. Right? It, it begins to, and I think through that compression of because it takes more energy for it to exert outside of that corona. I thought that was fascinating. One time in my research, it was like, holy mackerel. 
and it's they haven't quite figured out how, but there's some kind of energy where it needs to burst out. I guess like a seed. You think of a seed in a right. in the ground. Thinking of the zunis here. The zunis are so artistic, a very artistic southern um, tribe, and in the Americas and. It's that huge energy just to burst out, or maybe a little chicken even in an egg. You know, they gotta like hit that with their beak, that right? shell. Like in childbirth, I mean, oh. how violent is that? You know, I mean, it's the same thing. They kind of burst out, right? The big, you know, it's like whoever said the beginnings were easy. <laughs> you know, Kamea, here the goddess of right? creation in Hawaii, the dwarf planet. You know, we think of creation. Oh, okay, fine. What picture are we going to doodle? No, it's a right. violent. She's the mother of Pele, right? The, the, the goddess of volcanoes and birth, birthing. Yes, it's so true. There has right. to be an eruption. We need to leave something to incorporate and gather up the new pieces. And like the, the beautiful part of chaos, we can grab here and there and piece them together. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Just like the sky. I mean, and that's the other thing is like their area in the um, in the triangle, Kaylin and Eric were talking about with um, Sirius and Procyon and Beetlejuice that, um, that I think that was the area they were talking about there that they constantly see new life forms yes out. that's right i remember reading this too that that area is where scientists have said is birthing new stars right yeah so there's a correlation yeah. there's like a, always a reconnection it's fascinating right. as when if one about the esoteric the hidden the the, the full, you could say philosophical metaphysical belief structures like I remember with Kabbalah that 1% is visible. Well, they're finding that really what we see is, whether it's 1% or 5%, it's very tiny. There's right. a whole lot more out there. Right. And yet we tend to think, oh, I, I, because we can work with, which is important. If we have ancestors with Sirius, this is a benefit, a benefit, because there's a reason why we're in our form. We have choice. You know, we right. have our our free will. We can choose what to focus on and how to feel, but how to release those, those things too that are no longer working. Right. Feeling and 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 understand there's this unity. Right. Exactly. So well, you're taking a course with Kaylin, and which one is that going to be? The next course they're doing um. They're doing a course on the triangles, the, the gateways. It's called the gate, gateways, yeah. And one of them is that triangle, the, um, yeah. Winter? Yeah. Right, the because I saw. The summer triangle, yeah. The cross the stays, stars. but the triangle changes with different stars. And it's, uh, yeah, the gateways are portals. Right. Well, yeah. may your portal of being be health and bountifulness and resolve of our deeper 
needs on a global and personal basis. Yes. Yeah. That's right. I'm so glad to have you back. I well, know. Have to... It's so good to be back. It was fun. There's always a spot. Every third week is a special guest. We need yeah. focuses on the stars. So come back, Shannon. All right. Thanks. Okay. Yeah. Bye to everybody. Blessings. Heaps of love. In return. Thank you for joining an insightful conversation on Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and her panel of guests awaken consciousness by connecting soul growth patterns with astrology's energetic cycles. Be sure to tune in next Sunday, 1 p.m. Pacific Time, to continue your journey through the roots of the cosmic pathway.